1: Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandy Stark. And for today's episode, we have a guest interview with Terry Sides, who is an animal whisperer and intuitive consultant who focuses on bringing hope, healing, and humor to the relationships we have with our animal companions and ourselves so we can create more fulfilling lives. Now, it's going to be an interesting episode because we are going to talk about pet transition, so pet death, the transition process, and even a little bit of post-life communication. So this will be a really informative, very interesting episode. And stay tuned. We'll get started right after this. Now, time for something really scary. A
0: word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say, Bigfoot, don't run away. It's hard to find time for your furry family member. That's where Kemp Bow Wow comes in. All-day play and overnight camp. Daycare and boarding for dogs. Everything is included. Large play areas for fun and exercise. Spacious cabins, comfy cots, even live camper cams to watch from a computer or smartphone. Camp Bow Wow offers the best care and is the place to go where a dog can be a dog. For locations and more information, visit CampBowWow.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandi Stark.
1: Okay, and welcome back. Our guest is Terry Sides, who is uh, an animal whisperer and intuitive consultant. She started after a life-changing experience with wild dolphins, where she realized there were many layers of healing possible. Terry has been working with both people and animals for more than 15 years, helping them to go deeper into their own wisdom so they can celebrate their authentic selves and unique relationships. She's very passionate about bringing people into alignment with their purpose and their animal companions to help them to create a life that speaks from their hearts. So welcome, Terry. Thank you, Brandy. I'm really happy to be here. We're delighted to have you. This is going to be a lot of really good information, I think, for our listeners. I think we'll just start with the the first question, and it's perhaps one of the hardest, and that does deal with pet death. As someone who has adopted elder and hospice-oriented pets from Pug Rescue and also through Rodent Rescue, I know it can be a really difficult thing to deal with. So let me ask you, how do pets experience dying?
2: Well, it's a great question, Brandy, and it's something that my clients ask frequently. Because as pet owners, we already know they're not going to live as long as we are. And you go into that relationship knowing that there's an end. It's nothing that we dwell on, but it happens. And I try to help people deal with it as gracefully as possible. And what I have found is over the years that the animals are so much further ahead than we are. They're Mm -hmm. gracefully dealing with it when we can't. One of the things that I have found is as an animal is preparing to die, they're generally very aware of it. Unless it's an accident or, you know, some odd circumstance, the animals are very aware that their body is failing, And they generally don't experience it like we would as suffering. They can be in pain, but they're very stoic about it. And they also are so concerned about the human that they live with that many times I have to really let the animal know in the communication session that, okay, I know you're worried about Susie Q, but she's really worried about you and what can we do to make things better for you. Many times the animals are asking simply that we continue to love them, that we help with their process, and many times it requires a veterinarian intervention where, Mm -hmm. you know, where we put them to sleep because they're yearning to continue to stay with us because they feel our energy is struggling to let go. And so the animals
1: continue to try. In this vein, and this is the philosophy that I've engaged in on the, my regular day job is actually as a professor and I teach religion. And I've had the great fortune of speaking and studying with many different people. And the philosophy I find that I think works best, and I'd like to get your input on this, but is perhaps Buddhism, where there is an idea, particularly with Tibetan Buddhism, that as the individual prepares to transition, they need to detach from the physical form. And one way that we can help them do that is by keeping a calm mind, keeping our emotions in check. It doesn't mean we can't be sad, but it does mean that we're not panicking, that we're not sobbing, but that we are just as stoic as the individual who's preparing to pass. Do you think that works with animals as well? I believe with the animals that helps greatly. The more distress that we are showing and
2: feeling, the harder it is for them. On the other hand, one of the visuals that I've received frequently from the animals is they're literally unzipping their animal body and they fly out in this rainbow energy of joyful vibration. Sometimes I'll sense angel wings, but mostly it's just this rainbow of energy that explodes out. But they literally are like unzipping. And so they have this sensibility that they really are leaving the physical behind. Okay. And I love that it, imagery. I've never thought of
1: that before.
2: Yeah, I get that from the animals frequently. And the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because I've been a hospice nurse, so I've worked with humans while they're making their transition. Mm-hmm. And I find for many of us as pet owners, it's almost more difficult to let go of an animal because Mm -hmm. it's the one unconditional love relationship we've had. I agree. They don't, there's no baggage that comes with that love that shines out of those eyes and that heart. And when we lose that, it's a very precious loss. And so there's a lot of grief that comes up. But as the animals are making that transition, they are beaming so much love. And like I said, that joyful rainbow energy They are trying to support us while they're on their way out. And I like what you said about the Buddhism with the detachment from the physical because the calmer that we can stay in our hearts, knowing that, yes, it's grief, and yes, it's really sad, and yes, this is a hard topic to talk about, but it's so necessary, and the animals want us to learn that lesson of letting go of acceptance of the cycle of life and
1: death, And Mm -hmm. there's a spiritual level of them that really understands this. And you've brought up a really interesting point. I've tried to explain this to folks who, I am a rat owner. I love my rats. They're wonderful little guys. And people are usually shocked to find out I have them. But I try to explain that, one, rats are like dogs. I mean, they're highly intelligent. But Uh two, the rats have taught me so much more in a very unusual way. And that is that they really embrace life. And even though Mm -hmm. their lifespans are so short, domestic rats are usually about two to four years, and I've never done better than three and a half. And I've had them for 12 years or so as a pet owner. But when it is time to go... You know, it's time. And I truly hope that maybe this is where that connection also is with pet loss. But in today's world, death has become so clinical for humankind. In the Middle Ages, you were right there as the person passed, you know, up through modernity with the industrial shift into the hospitalization process where death becomes more and more clinical. And I think maybe animals are a gateway of understanding and reconnecting, not only with their mortality, but with our own. And they teach us a wonderful lesson through that. They do. Um, it's very, very powerful. It is. It's really incredible. And I've, I've had folks who've said, well, I had a pet and it passed away and I just can't bear that grief and get another one. But my philosophy, which I, I try to share, is that, you know, yes, there is that one moment of sadness, and it it does carry on for a while after the death. But look at all of the joy that you've had in return for that. But it's it's interesting to actually hear people so fearful of that loss process when, in fact, some of the research I'm doing now, I'd actually said part of our humanness is that we're all born, we live together, and we all die. And that's that is what it is. Correct. And animals yes. have accepted that so much better than we have. Now, in that vein of thought, again, what else do you suggest? How can I, I help my pet when it's time to let them go? Is there a preparatory process? Is there beforehand? Is there something I can do to help them? What do you suggest?
2: Well, when I'm working with people individually, there are some homeopathic remedies that will help with the transition process. I'm not a homeopathic practitioner, but okay. there's one in particular for fear. If there is fear in the animal, like if it's a trauma or, or something like an accident, you can mm-hmm. give the arsenicum album. But but mostly what I want to really get across to people today is it's the breathing connection. If you think about it, animals breathe from their belly they're not high-strung and uptight like humans are, where we breathe in the top third of our lungs constantly, which is why we're all so stressed.
1: True. And
2: I experimented with this as a hospice nurse, and I would teach families to do that synchronized breathing, not with the gasping at, at the end, but that very comforting, touching, holding the animal, and then connecting some with that breath. Mm-hmm. And it's a real beautiful process. It will calm you down. It calms the animal down. And it,
1: it's just an exquisitely tender moment to share. Wow. I'd never thought about that, but you're, you're quite correct. And again, that's another symbol within our own culture is that when we're born universally, every creature that lives, one of our first actions is to gasp, to bring in that air. And there are uh, indigenous cultures that say that our entire lives, it's truly one breath. It's the one that we breathe in. And even though we're breathing in and out, that final, really spiritual, supernatural breath is the one that we exhale at the end. But that's actually a pretty incredible process. So Mm -hmm. how would people do this? Is this something where they they would have their hand on the animal's chest and they would kind of synchronize that way? It can be done lots of ways. If it's a, a small
2: animal, you can cradle them in your arms if that's comfortable. You can play with your dog's ears. One of the hardest things that I've seen people go through is when you have to put a horse to sleep.
0: It's unlike
2: any other process. But if I can just stand there and breathe into their nose, it's very, very powerful. And and the horses will breathe back. Okay. So it can be just touching whatever part of the body that you can reach. Like I said, with the dog's ears, many dogs and cats love to have their ears fondled. And that's very comforting. Mm-hmm. And then you just watch their body and when you can't match their breathing because they breathe much faster than us and we would be mm-hmm. like hyperventilating okay but but you match what's comfortable and and you do that synchronized breathing and it's just a way to really really connect on a very deep emotional energetic level
1: spiritual level and it's a really beautiful process wonderful What we're going to do on that note is we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk about dealing with grief and post-life communication. So we will be right back with Terry Sides right after this.
0: Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say, Bigfoot, don't run away.
2: When we ran out, we stopped using it. Why would you stop? Why undo all the good that's been accomplished? We thought everything was fine, and that was not a good thing. No, 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 no. He started stinking. It was awful. Shedding comes back. Loss of hair. Through lots of dangerous. Scratching will return. His shedding will increase. If I ever took Roy off of Dynavite, he would go back to his hair loss. Ooh, D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E <laughs> dot com. 859-428-1000. When I get down to the bottom of my box of dynamite. When I get to about three quarters. Oh no, I've got a couple more scoops. It's time to place my order. Dynavite.com. Each and every day she is getting that Dynovite. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Just feed your dog right. Use Dynavite. If it's working, don't quit. Don't do what I did and run out. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. <laughs> D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E. <laughs> front paw sleeves and leash opening visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today large or small we fit them all designerpetsweaters.com let's talk pets let's talk pets on pet life radio
0: pet life radio pet life radio.com <laughs> you hear that our commercials have mysteriously disappeared paranormal pets is back with our haunted host our ghost host brandy stark
1: and welcome back we are continuing our conversation with terry sides about pets death grief and even a little bit of post-life communication we've just discussed ways to aid our pets animal understanding of death but one of the biggest questions and one of the hardest things to do, how do we deal with the, the overwhelming grief after a pet has passed on? What do you suggest for that? One of the things that I suggest frequently for clients
2: is to create a memorial. And it does not have to be anything elaborate. You can go online and find all kinds of products. It can simply be a white candle and a picture. It can be... If people choose to cremate their animal and they want to go on their favorite walking trail and spread the ashes. Some people like to bury their animal in the backyard. Mm -hmm. But again, it's putting that, that to me is kind of the the first level of you're acknowledging that they're gone and you're creating this space of honoring and memory and connecting with that beauty and that joy that they brought. Mm -hmm. That helps to bring some of the grief out Um, What's important about grief, and what many people don't realize, is we frequently will suppress it. Mm -hmm. We don't feel it. We go back to work and don't talk about the fact that our dog of 15 years just died. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: we find suddenly that we're not sleeping, we're spacey, we're struggling to carry on different tasks during our day. And it's not just what I call the grief storms where suddenly the tears will come. But Mm -hmm. it's this very repressive shutting down where we live in a society, there's people out there that will say, "Well, get over it, it's just a dog, it's just a cat. And that's devastating to someone who has lost one of the most important unconditional love relationships in their life. And our society discounts it. Mm -hmm. So you have to find people of like mind that will support you. And there are lots of Facebook pages. I'm not plugging Facebook, but there are people out here, those of us among us, that are aware how important this grief process
1: is. There are animal support groups, grief uh, support groups. I know I've had uh, a couple of pugs who passed over the past couple years, and that paperwork comes back because I I do get them cremated, and they, they actually do include flyers and pamphlets for local support. Yes. But that's new. It's very, very new.
2: And it's powerful. And what's happening is there is a segment of our society that's a bit more enlightened and is realizing, again, like I discussed, it's that unconditional love relationship. And, of course, we're grieving it. It's a huge loss. It is. And yet, when I work with people, because I have lots of pet owners that call me and their animal died last week. Their animal died five years ago, and they just can't get past it, and they want that connection, and so we set up a communication. Mm-hmm. And what I find is, is that the animal continues to check in on us. They are in a realm of energetic joy that is really difficult for me to describe, but I try to do my best because it's, very, it's just a totally different concept of what we experience here on Earth. And so the words for me are are difficult to try to describe that. The the rainbow, rainbow joy energy is probably the closest I can come to it. But the animals are always broadcasting that beam of love, whether they're in the body or out of the body. And when we're grieving so hard and we're so distraught, and it might be five years later, I just can't get over this, that makes it much more difficult for the animal to reach you. Mm -hmm. So again, it's journaling, it's processing that grief, it's taking responsibility for my emotional reaction and wondering, well, what was the lesson in this for me? Many Mm -hmm. times the animals tell me in these post-life communication sessions that they came to teach us about love, they left knowing that they had opened our heart enough to let another one come in. And I have had many, many instances, I can't even count, where the previous animal will bring the next one to you where suddenly you just feel like you have to go to the Humane Society and there's an animal that absolutely just drops you to your knees and you come home with it or somebody at work suddenly has an animal that needs a home. There's always different circumstances but frequently what we find is The previous animal has helped this one along the path to find its way to you. Wow. So when we block that off, that we're too frightened to love at that level. So we, I'm never going to adopt another animal. I can't go through this again. Mm -hmm. That is a choice, but it's not the choice of the pet that died. The Mm -hmm. pet that died really wants you to understand and go deeper into that love. Because there's more to give. There's
1: no limit to the love that that they give. And they're trying to get us to that place. And I think you're right. I've heard multiple stories from folks who said, you know, my cat passed away. And, you know, two weeks later, there was a cat that looked very similar, you know, sitting at my doorstep. No tags, no chip, just moved in. And it's a pretty amazing process. That's why, you know, it is difficult. But I think once folks adjust a little bit, you know, each pet that you meet is a new personality and it's a new experience. And it's really exciting. So it's kind of neat to think that they help guide these folks into our lives, too, these next pets. Now They do. Uh, they're, they're very particular about it. That's awesome. I mean, if you're going to have a pet, at least have somebody looking out for you to make sure you get the right one, right? I think that's great. It's a it's a continuation as well. I know with my, uh, I have a grumble of pugs. They're wonderful pets, but I usually do keep a grumble because it's also a physical continuation as well as a spiritual continuation when one member of the pack passes on you know, the others are here for each other and then I can incorporate a new member. But it's, it would be really, I've never thought about the member who passed as helping me to find the next one. And I think that's great. Mm -hmm. Now we have one huge question and it'll be our final one for this episode, but you've mentioned that animals, you know, do try to communicate with us. So let's just open that question up. Can we communicate with our pets after they've passed? And if so, how does it happen? How does this work? In my experience, There's no time, no space. And so they
2: absolutely communicate with us. It's a matter of are we open and are we calm enough to receive that communication. So it may be that people can light a white candle and stare into the flame and think about the joy and the love of that pet, and then suddenly they're in communication. You feel their presence. If you are not able to stay grounded and centered, again, that makes it much more difficult for the animal's presence to be known. So it can be as simple as that. There are also times, I hear many times from people that they'll sense, you know, when they go to bed at night, if it was an animal that slept on the bed, they'll all of a sudden get this feeling that the animal's on the bed and Mm -hmm. they know there's nothing there, but they physically feel their presence. And so it's very comforting. That's one of the um, biggest stories or, that I get as well. People like me, who I do a much more detailed communication where we connect with that animal, and and we'll ask, you know, were we able to support you at the end? How are you doing now? What do you want to, you know, let the owner know? What do you need? them to do for their healing and, and the animals are very specific and frequently they will say you know we'll be prepared because i'm bringing along xyz and keep an eye out for you know a new cat or whatever but yeah the communication happens wow. the other piece that i find interesting with the communication after the animal has died is if there are other animals in the household even though I'm not doing the connection with those animals, the deceased animal will tell me about who's left, who's grieving, and what we need to support the rest of the household. And that's always interesting because we'll find out that, oh, yeah, this dog really did love this cat, and I didn't realize, but, yeah, the cat's behavior has changed. And, you know, so part of my education process for people is, You have to look at who's left. It's not just about you, it's about the rest of the household. And that can be any other pet, that could be children, spouses, you know, whoever. But those animals that have died are very aware
1: of the energies that are in the house after they're gone that really is pretty fantastic. And I've, again, I think I've been doing paranormal pets. It's been a number of years now. And I'm always amazed because what you're describing are very similar to things that I hear from people, you know, feeling the cat up on the bed or hearing the click of the nails of the dog or the collar jingling. Even though you're looking at it on a shelf, you hear this jingling coming up behind you. And it was the sound that the dog always made, you know, and I just, I try to remind folks that, you know, they're just checking in. But, you know, I've also heard the stories of the pets left, Behind who do mourn. And um, it's pretty amazing. The more, admittedly, I think I like my pets more than most people these days, but I always am a little disappointed that the West has not gone a little bit further with the idea of animal ability to think and feel. We're getting there, and the studies are coming up, but. It just seems like we're kind of late to that when, you know, so many people already observe these phenomena and the animals, you know, I, I think they kind of laugh at us a little bit because they know <laughs> that it's going on. <laughs> we're just catching up, you know? Um, exactly. Well, we're kind of at the end of our time, but what I'd like to do, if folks are interested in contacting you, you do have a website, which is www.walkingheart.com. Are there other ways for folks to contact you?
2: Yes, besides the website, walkingheart.com, which is named after my horse, and that's another story. The phone number would be 970-263-4490. They can call me there directly. And I welcome, you know, people that have questions, that there's no time limit. If it's a pet that died sometime in your life or you're currently going through this type of process, I have
1: helped so many people and pets make these transitions gracefully. That is fantastic. And I know you also have uh, an additional gift for our listeners. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yes, I would. When we set this up, I really wanted to be able to offer people just a small token of appreciation. And it's a it's walking heart uh, backslash gift. And what it is, it's the the top three solutions to the pet challenges that you might have. And so it's a PDF, it's a quick download for the challenges that we face with our animals. I just go through the top three, you know, this is how you can effectively communicate and help to support their process along with, okay, I can survive this. Because
0: when we have animals
2: that are acting out or that have major medical issues, it's exhausting.
1: Absolutely, And and that is incredible as a resource.
2: Yeah, so I wanted to be able to offer that to people. So they can go to my website and they can
1: download that. That's well, just thank, my you thank you so much. For checking me out. We are delighted to have you on the show today. And I greatly appreciate your patience in working with us to set this up. But I think this is a great episode. I am very, very forward to hearing what other people have to say and what comments come from it. But I greatly appreciate your time and uh, the gift. So at this point, we're going to go ahead and close out. So again, if you're interested in communicating with Terry Sides, you can find her at www.walkingheart.com I am actually preparing to do a talk tonight for Ghost Hunting 101 at my local library which will be kind of interesting. Please remember to support your local animal rescues. Hug Rescue Florida is still here and there is a Florida rodent and rat rescue which I've also recently been a part of. If you'd like to find out more about what's going on in the local St. Petersburg paranormal community, check out www.sppipanellas.net The spirits has had a bit of a transformation over the past couple months and we are now St. Petersburg Paranormal Investigation and we're looking forward to seeing you again Thank you again Terry and happy haunting
0: Life Radio presents Paranormal pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.